0: Rick J, please unmute your phone, star
1: one. Okay, everybody hear me now? Loud and clear. All right. Thank you so much, Katie. All right. My name is Rick Jay. Uh, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you big book study. My name is Rick J, and I am a recovered compulsive overeater from Kerry, North Carolina. Today is Monday, August 8th, 2022. We are reading from the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter, There is a Solution, on page 20, the third paragraph, beginning with how many times people have said to us, read through, but there he is all lit up again. Today's readers are Betty N. in the 12 Steps, Joni C. the 12 Traditions. Our big book readers are Marjo in the text, Renee A. on page 164, and Craig F. as our backup reader. Our newcomer greeter is Chrissy O, and our second hour moderator today is Hootie R. The share ID for Sunday, August 7th, 2022 is 19,266. OA preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees
0: Good morning, this
2: is Betty N from Florida. The twelve steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made the decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four Having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for allowing me to do service.
1: Thank you so much, Betty. I will now ask Joni C. to read the 12 traditions.
0: This is Joni C., uh,
3: gratefully recovered but not cured in Minnesota. The Twelve Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thanks, and have a great day.
1: Appreciate your service, Joni, thank you. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes at the end of which I'll give you a gentle reminder. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. Today we resume our study of the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous in the chapter. There is a solution on page twenty, the third paragraph, beginning with how many times people have said to us and reading through, but there he is all lit up again. I will now ask Marjo to begin reading
0: This Marjo from Massachusetts, currently
4: in San Diego, California. And let me begin. Recovered, but not cured, as I hear often on this line. How many times people have said to us, I can take it or leave it alone. Why can't he? Why don't you drink like a gentleman or quit? That fellow can't handle his liquor. Why don't you try beer and wine? Lay off the hard stuff. His willpower must be weak. He could stop if he wanted to. She's such a sweet girl. I should think he'd stop for her sake. The doctor told him that if he ever drank again, it would kill him. But there he is, all lit up again. So it's it's um, this chapter is getting us ready to really realize that there's more than one solution. For us, it isn't just put the fork down. Because I could have just put the fork down, believe me, I would have. I had tried every diet known to man. I can remember uh, my sister-in-law saying, "Oh, you can't be happy," you know, because I was probably forty or fifty pounds overweight. And I kept trying to convince her that I was. I can still remember the conversation. Oh, what a waste of time on my part. But and just you know, denial, all all the all the things um, that alcoholic. An alcoholic does, I I do, and did, as far as, you know, isolating, being rigid, just keeping that, keeping the secret, and how many diets did I, did I go on? Many, 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 and including one where I really threw out a lot of things, the white bread, the this, the that, and this was all before program, and uh, I hit the magic number, and right within four days, I was gaining weight again. I quit smoking. I gained 35 pounds in a five-week period of time. Only another compulsive undereater would believe that. Somebody else would think, oh, that can't be, because you must get full and not want to eat anymore. No, nope, that's not true. When I gave up my alcoholic foods, that happened. And and then I found out that it isn't just about giving up the food. There's so much more to this program and thank you, God, (laughs) there are people here every day reading and reminding me that there's three parts to this program and I am eternally grateful. What else would make me get up at four o'clock in the morning when I just flew in from Boston last night (laughs) to to do my part because it's so important for, for me to do service and for me to hear others, that there is a solution this program and all that comes with it and following the following
0: the directions in the book is what works for me God damn it
1: uh, Marge you're, uh, you need to hit star one to uh, unmute
0: we lost you there Okay, well,
1: I think we're going to move forward unless we hear Marge dialing back in here. Um, So thank you for getting us started, Marge. Before we get our first group of names, just a reminder that although we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. Please give me your first name only and the first initial of your last name. Who would like to share on what was read today? And I being a-
0: Christina J, M- oh. Melissa C,
5: S, J- Jason K, Katie G.
1: Okay, I, this is who I've got, guys. Um, I had a little bit of a name not there. I uh, have. I heard Christina J, Jason K, and Katie G. Who else wants to share this morning? Nancy P. All right,
6: Christy. Nancy. Loretta H. Melissa C.
1: Chrissy, Loretta,
7: Loretta. Minnesota. Did
1: you, hear me Did you get Barbara S? All right, we're gonna stop right there. Who's who I've got? Um all right, so I've got Christina J, Jason K, Katie G, Nancy P, Chrissy, Loretta, Melissa, Janice PM, and Barbara. Um so Christina J, you're up, followed by Jason K. Please remember to uh include the state you're from. Go ahead, Christina.
5: Morning again, Rick. Good morning, everyone. Christina J. from the state of North Carolina, previously Washington, which I haven't changed it on the member list yet. So if you want to call me, I'm shown as from Washington. Um, This paragraph reeks of step one to me, and I never had people say these things to me. Uh, I walked around in, you know, shame and hoping they'd never say anything like this to me. Um, But I know in my mind, that's what I was imagining they were saying, so most of the time, this was uh, all I was saying these things to myself. Uh, I can take it or leave it alone. Step one. I, I'm not. I'm not admitting that I can't take a bite. Um, why can't I drink like a lady or quit? Well, I can. I'm going to prove it. Over and over, I tried to prove it. Um, I can't handle my liquor. Why don't I try? I don't. I can't handle the hard stuff. You know, the sugar the white flour. So I'm going to go to wheat flour. I'm going to go to those candy bars that have beet sugar. I'm not going to eat those candy bars that have that fake sugar in it because they make me have diarrhea because I can't just stop at one, right? (laughs) I mean, I've had some instances, let me tell you. Um, So I'm going to lay off that hard stuff, and I'm going to try this healthy, organic stuff. Uh, My willpower must be weak. No, it's not. I've gone through many diets, but with this stuff, I just can't. I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it, you know, over and over. I can stop if I want to that's a lie I could never stop um I felt like I was a sweet person I felt like I was somewhat attractive um and my hus my first husband was brutal with his uh ignoring of me I- he never really said anything I just felt the silent ignoring and the shame and he wouldn't touch me when you know he wouldn't have intimate relationships with me so I thought it was all my fault so this is all pain for me this paragraph is full of pain uh And, you know, I even got to going to OA meetings where I would go and binge afterwards, and many of us have done that. We've binged before and after. So um, today, the only thing that saves me is this program. You know, I have taken a step one, an experiential step one, and I continue to take those when foods come along that are too sexy, as I heard on the special edition yesterday, or, you know, recently my husband got some uh, spelt. Bread organic, and I tried a piece and that was fine. And then I tried another piece a couple days later and it was too much. So it's down. I'm not going to, I can't take the chance. So, but this paragraph is basically a hopeless situation and people coming at us with their opinions and their thoughts. You know, for me, it was their thoughts because I never heard anybody say anything. The only thing that someone would say to me occasionally was, oh, you've lost weight, or oh, you know, and so I thought, wow, they were looking at me when I was fat. I mean, it was all about me and my victimhood of being ashamed and guilty, and today I don't have to be ashamed and guilty of anything. That's part of the disease, and I have to surrender that every day along with the food, so this is a program of action, and it's beautiful, and I appreciate everyone on the line saving my life, as I've heard many times today. Thank you for letting me share, and I pass.
1: Thank you so much, Christina J. Jason K., you're up next, followed by Katie G. Go ahead, Jason.
8: Thank you. Good morning. This is Jason K., Recovered Compulsive eater in the from Pennsylvania, just outside of Philadelphia. And, yeah, this does, um, you know, this does speak to me of step one. Um, I love looking at these paragraphs, and, you know, this is talking about people who are not – addicts or compulsive eaters and they don't quite understand. And I think, you know, if you're like me, I had so many experiences searching for an answer, asking people, you know, what did you do? How did you lose this weight? What is the the, the the magic bullet, the secret trick? You know, I had a coworker who lost all this weight and I said, What happened? She said, you know, um she's eating dessert and she just was with her husband and she said, you know what? I'm so disgusted with myself. I can't keep doing this. This has to stop. And I was riveted because I can relate to that. And then she said, "I made a decision and I stopped." And then she lost me because I resonated so deep, deeply with her sentiment because I had that feeling nearly daily or multiple times a day. I'm absolutely disgusted with myself. This has to stop. Now, you know, this part of the book is talking about all this um misunderstanding and ignorance and and i like what you know the big book talks about we're we're distinct we're we're distinct entities we're not like other people these things may work for other people but the depth of this problem is on a whole different level uh than it is for for me than it is for any other people so when people look at me and they say it's all about portion control um i'm just looking at them like you know I'm laying awake at night suffering from, you know, heartburn and I'm binging and I'm purging and I, I just can't stop and I've been on psychologist couches and I've been soul searching and I've been trying everything under the sun, not for years, for decades and they say it's all about portion control and I'm just like, you know, I, I'm trying to move this mountain that I'm buried under and they're giving me a garden spade. It's just not going to work. We need the power of God and a spiritual awakening because we are not like other people. We can't go to the doctor. Uh, You know, I had another friend of mine who says he went to the doctor, he saw all the numbers, he gave up sugar and he was sitting there thin, looking really good. How many times did my doctor tell me, I'm hurting myself, I'm harming myself, I have this ailment and that ailment and I thought I'm gonna quit, you know, I'm gonna stop and I just didn't have the power. So we don't have the power we need to find the power, and um, all these statements, if if you've had cer- certain things said to you, or like you've uh, heard you say these things to yourself, um, you're caught up in a in a world of ignorance and misunderstanding, uh, and uh, stay tuned. The real solution is coming, uh,
1: and with that I'll pass. All right, thank you, Jason K. Katie G, you're up next, followed by Nancy P. Go ahead, Katie.
9: Hey, Rick, thanks for taking the meeting. This is KDG, Compulsive Eater, Anorexic and Exercise Bulimic. So we're in There is a Solution, and we're talking about, um, I've been told, like, the purpose of my book is to answer questions specifically, what do I have to do? And so this first paragraph for me is making me think of all the people who have said to me, These two beautiful children. Why doesn't she just go for a walk with them? I think she would, I would think she would stop walking or stop exercising for them. I've had doctors tell me, um, you will never get your menses back again. Um, You're never going to be healthy again. Just eat. Um, You are in your, um, I went into a doctor and I thought I had a sprained ankle, and it was just from over usage of my ankle. But no power, no choice, no control. That is my illness, right? So there is this misconception, this misunderstanding that something outside of myself that's not God is going to be powerful enough to change this addiction. But it tells me on 24 that this so-called willpower becomes practically non-existent. So for me, there are a couple issues, right? First, it's bashing into my deluded thinking that being the thinnest girl in the room is the goal. That if I can't be as thin as I want to be, if I can't get on the scale a hundred times a day, if I can't control my body, I'm not going to be okay, right? And so I don't even hear the frothy emotional appeal. You know why? Because I tell people, you're jealous. You're jealous of my thin body. You're jealous. Right? But then you do smash it into me and you tell me, my doctor tells me, if I operate on you, you're going to flatline on the table because you're underweight. And even then I'm delusional. So, but what I have to tell you is there is a solution. No, almost none of us like the self-searching, the leveling of our pride, the concession of shortcomings, which this process requires for its successful consummation, which is just the beginning. So for me, what I have to get clear on is what is abstinence? Abstinence is the action of refraining from addictive foods and addictive food behaviors. It means cutting through the delusional thinking that I am not, that I'm a normal person, right? It means surrendering to step one. And then what do I do? Well, I never am going to be able to manage my life. And then I go through the steps. Why? Because I must have an entire psychic change, a heart transplant to change me into a person that God can use, that God wants me to be. So please, God, help me to be that person today and not get caught in any delusion. And with that, I pass.
1: Perfect timing, Katie G. Nancy P., you're up next, followed by Chrissy. Go ahead, Nancy.
10: Hey, good morning, Rick. Good morning, everybody. Uh, Nancy P. recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts, actually currently in Yorkshire, the UK. Um, this, as others have said, is about step one. And I, for me, the, I don't think anybody in my life, I don't know what they thought, but they never said to me, you know, there she is all lit up again. I think they were afraid. But I'll tell you that I thought, here I am again, all lit up again. Why am I back in the pool? Why, why, why do I keep picking up? There's no way to, um, there's no out for me. And it wasn't until, if only I could have been forced to my knees, I would have been delighted, but I had to be faced down in the mud and um, absolutely with a horse standing on my back. That's what I needed for me to even, to even get my attention. Um, but once I, you know, got on the beam a little bit um, and worked the steps with the sponsor, everything changed. And I, I'll tell you that, I, you know, I have my best friend that I, worked, that I grew up with. I've been friends with her for over 15 years. Um, when I went away to college, we were talking on the phone, and she said, oh, you know, I was really sick of my life, and, you know, it was awful. So I, I stopped smoking, I quit drinking, and I took off 15 pounds. And I was on the other end of the line thinking, oh, that, you know, saying that's great, thinking, how come her and not me? Well, that conversation was 40 years ago. And she has never regained that weight, unlike me, who has been, you know, back and forth, up and down, in OA, you know, up and down, back and forth, in OA, never able to put the food down until I was face down in the mud and my life was disintegrated. And, you know, people in my life that loved me, I had no credibility. You know, I can't tell you how many times I made a resolution. My husband is very supportive, gives, you know, helps me in whatever way I need, and then suddenly you know, I'd be back in the food, and um, with some stupid excuse that only I understood. And, you know, when I had had enough, really had enough, I really think that whatever it is that takes care of me was having coffee with the other one. and said, you know, I think this one's had enough. I think I'm going to pluck her back from the gates of death and put her back on the right path. And, um, you know, I have not had to hurt myself with food. It'll be five years in December, this is my fourth trip to Europe with no problems with food at all. My family goes. They know what my rules are. They, they understand. They'll do anything to help me. And the way that I get there is I work at it. And what do I work at? Say it with me. Starts with F, runs with surrender. Surrender, surrender, surrender. Um, and with that, I'll pass.
1: Thank you so much, Nancy P. Chrissy, you're up next, followed by Loretta H. And Chrissy, I missed the first initial or your last name.
11: Chrissy O in Indiana and Florida. Hello, family. This paragraph uh, really struck out to me, the line that says, he could stop if he wanted to. And I remember all the times I was told that if I really wanted to stop, I could. And when I came to OA, I heard, I couldn't stop. There was no way I could stop. It didn't matter what the doctor said. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. I couldn't stop. Well, if we couldn't stop, then how did we stop? Well, um, I was talking with a newcomer just last night and she's like, I can't stop. You know, I don't know how to stop. And it's like, I, you know, thought of the third tradition and that the only requirement for membership is a desire to stop eating. And when i have when I got that desire, and it had to be a strong desire to stop, I had to reach out to the God that I did not understand at the time and and beg, please help me and I find that when I pray, and I love that the Dr. Silkworth's last direction to us is to remain to pray when I pray and ask God to to lift this merciless obsession from me and reach out to the people that God has put in my life, sponsors, et cetera, and, um, you know, make that decision to stop. You know, uh, I have, I have to want to stop. I have to really, really, really want to stop. And somehow I think that when God sees that, it's like he bends his ear down a little closer to earth And and here's the cries of his children begging for help. And, um, you know, it didn't matter what people told me. I mean, I knew what I was doing to myself with food um, and that it would kill me, you know. The diabetes in my family, you know, I have five of my seven siblings were diabetic, you know. It, how could I eat my way up to 300 pounds? But I did because I'm an addict when it comes to food. But only through the grace of God was I able to be saved. No, no, Nobody else could save me. It was God's grace. And with that, I'll pass Chrissy O in Florida, Indiana.
1: Thank you so much, Chrissy O. Loretta H., you're up next, followed by Melissa C. Go ahead, Loretta.
6: Good morning, Rick. Thank you for your service and everybody on this line, along with my precious, precious God who saved my life, Loretta H recovered in North Carolina. And uh, I'm referring to this paragraph in 1985. I actually was in program and I got... Severely anorexic, and my company actually did an intervention because of um, my thinness. And um, that, you know, they didn't understand, of course. And they spent a lot of money on me trying to understand and make me understand. Of course, today, and I realized I came back in 2001, thank you, God's grace and mercy, and I learned that I have a spiritual malady. I don't have a food problem. I have a spiritual problem that is that hopelessness, that dash in the first step is I am hopeless and no amount of willpower will ever. In fact, I think my anorexia, I really do think I have willpower when I do that. I think I feel so strong, so powerful. And that's what I had to stop doing and learning how, as somebody said, surrender. Seriously understanding real recovery entails, not debating every reason. My reasoning had to go into the trash along with my um, alcoholic foods but and along with my alcoholic behaviors because my behaviors are much more evident in my disease than actual food is so with the program and my god and my god and my god I have learned how to eat and not hurt myself with food and for me eating is a privilege and I don't abuse it as Dr. Bob said in his story once I abuse it I lose it so I just have to learn how to be spiritually fit because my abstinence for me is spiritual And I have a food plan, but it is a tool. It is not my abstinence because I need to practice the principles in all my affairs. I still give my food away every single night and have been for 21 years because it keeps me safe and accountable. The first thing i learned in this program was the first honest day work I did where I finally surrendered somebody My food to somebody. And that was a miracle, and that was God, and that was a spiritual experience that I treasure to this day. This darkness, I hope never to come to me again, but it may, unless I do this program like my hair is on fire. And I love all you guys. I'm so grateful that I'm alive today, and I pass.
1: Thanks so much, Loretta H. Melissa C., you're up next, followed by Janice P.M. Go ahead, Melissa.
7: Hey, good
12: morning, Rick. Thanks so much for your service this morning. My name is Melissa C. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, you know, I read this and all of those statements, uh, you know, I was on the receiving end of a lot of it, and some of it was said out loud, and some of it, um, you know, I could read what people were thinking, and some of it was what I said to myself, you know. And um, the one that I think about is like – you know I should think he'd quit For her sake and um, Because that those were the statements that Really that seemed to like Zing me that got me like right in the Heart and and they Didn't work you know like even Even you know Appealing to me in that emotional um, Way You know frothy emotional appeal um, Because You know the the solution Is not um, it's not more Emotionalism and my problem is that in the grip of my addiction, I'm under the control of a cruel master and doesn't really care about my family. You know, this master could care less about my husband, and I think, like, um, I really I have a very clear memory about a time when I was newly married, and I had had a period of abstinence for years prior to being married, and I was, I had lost my abstinence, and I was on a rapid weight gain, and... Every day something new didn't fit me And I remembered my husband like waiting outside in the living room As I was trying on every single thing I owned For a party that we were going to And there were clothes all over the place And I was crying and having a tantrum And he's like, we're late Just put anything on, Melissa And I remembered screaming at him I can't, nothing fits me don't want to go and we didn't go you know and um and those were the kinds of harms i did over and over and over again and i felt guilty i felt like crap i felt so guilty i felt so crappy i went and got ice cream you know because none of that was the solution um if i could have stopped on the basis of what it was doing to the people i loved i would have you know i totally would have and um so that wasn't the solution, you know. What really was the solution was getting a relationship with God by working these twelve steps, by putting the food down, um, you know, by looking at the damage that I had caused, by cleaning up my wreckage, getting really honest, getting clear, um, and considering, you know, and now living in consideration of His needs. And when we're not under the control of a cruel master we actually can care and demonstrate care for the people in our lives. And that's a blessing.
1: And um, with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much, Melissa C. Janice P.M., you're up next, followed by Barbara. Go ahead, Janice.
7: Well, thank you so much, Rick J. This is Janice, recovered in Massachusetts, compulsive overeater. Um, Yeah, you know, how many times have people, who are these people? <laughs> they're normal people. <laughs> I never met a compulsive overeater that asked me these questions. So you see, I was married to a dental surgeon, and he used to say to me, Janice, Janice, you keep eating those sweets and that popcorn and those chips, they're getting into your teeth, and someday you're going to have to have them extracted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? Um you know all these questions. Oh, do they apply to me? Especially this one hit me. His willpower, my willpower, must be so weak. Huh? I was. Just, I had a very strong willpower, but when it came to my illness here, I couldn't fight the master of food or substances. She could stop if she wanted to. How many times have I heard that? Well, there was, I, it was so truthful that I can say that a lot of us, you know, I can talk about myself. I really, really, really wanted to, but I couldn't. <laughs> that's, that's what it is. And what these statements used to bring up for me was resentment and fear rose up with these emotions of the commonplace what normal eaters would say they didn't understand does a man understand pregnancy Mm -hmm. I don't think so I don't know a man that has had a baby Uh, you know they don't other normal people do not have that phenomenon of craving that I have I had uh You know, with that one bite, they can take one bite and leave it alone. See, I couldn't do that. So it was like, they don't understand. Then, of course, I came into OA in the 1980s, and uh, oh, now I understand. It's got to be, you know, the, the allergy of the body and the obsession of the mind. It has to be a food plan, it has to be a sponsor, it has to be a meeting. And I still didn't understand the real solution. And, of course, this is the chapter. There is a solution. And, of course, understanding never brought me peace. Not until I went through these steps and found the power. I didn't understand that I was powerless. Oh, a reminder yes of course i could understand you know i could make a believe i mean i don't even make a believe i thought i did but i didn't but anyway the real problem for me is powerless i will always be powerless but certain things to find the power is my solution and with that i pass thanks
1: Thank you so much, Janice PM. Barbara, you're up next, and I missed the first uh, initial of your last name. Go ahead, Barbara.
7: Hi, I'm
13: Barbara. Do you hear me? Yes, I do. Okay, that's good. Um, first of all, I'm very grateful to be on the line this morning. Uh, as far as this paragraph asking why this person can't stop, I wasted a lot of time thinking why I can't stop, why thinking of my past, everything that happened. It's not, it's just the disease. It's the solution for me and for all of us is the program is the 12 steps I've run into in the past. I think I could only think of twice where somebody said something. I was in my 30s. Now I'm in my 70s. I'm in the elevator with my two kids. And some woman says, oh, you let yourself go. I don't know. I I would have some sort of answer. I don't know if I had an answer. Uh, I I can't believe somebody said that. Also, um, I go to a community center and i was sitting at a table with a friend of mine was there and she told me she says i noticed when there's cake you don't have any i don't know if we mentioned well i mentioned cake already so it's too late and i said she says you really have control i says i don't have control that 's why i don 't have it i don 't know if she understood at this point what 's helping me as far and of course it 's program, but at night, when I um, write to my sponsor and one of the things I write is what i 'm grateful for, I am grateful that my higher power knows i 'm not bad. My higher power respects me my higher power helps me just have a plan of eating and following program. We have so many tools. I'm so thankful and uh, I'll end with that. Grateful to be here. God bless.
1: Thank you so much, Barbara. Could you give me the first initial of your last name and the state you're from, please?
13: Oh, I forgot. All right. Barbara S.
1: New York. Thank you so much, Barbara. All right, before we continue with our second group of names, we are in the chapter, There is a Solution, page 20, the third paragraph, beginning with how many times people have said to us, reading through, but there he is, all lit up again. And though we value everyone's experience, we ask that you please limit your share to every third day in order that others might share their experience, too. Who else would like to share today? Penny. 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 Yes.
14: Bonnie
15: B great.
1: Yeah, so Elizabeth, Bonnie, Bonnie Elizabeth, Elizabeth D, Elizabeth D, Elizabeth D, okay. Joy B of California, Toby, okay. All right, I think we're going to stop there, and if we have time for some more people, we'll we'll get some more. Go ahead, Craig. You'll be uh, up next, followed by Bonnie P. Go ahead, Craig. Thanks, Rick. Oh, Craig, uh, hit star one to uh, unmute yourself again.
16: Okay, now you can hear me, right? I got you. All right, this is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Thanks, Rick, for uh, taking the meeting and uh, for everybody that helps. Um, You know, nobody understands me. Poor me, the... The world didn't understand friends didn't understand family didn't understand uh you know doctors didn't understand uh nobody nobody understood um and uh, uh you know so what do I do over that i ate over that too um you know eating was the solution to everything uh take away the uh take away the pain and you know and even in program. Sometimes people don't understand. You know, sometimes there's, uh, uh, there can be people in program that are just heavy eaters. They don't understand, you know, and, uh, they, uh, uh, people make comments like these comments here that are, that are hurtful. And, uh, you know, that's okay. Uh, but the thing that this tells, tells me on the reverse side of it is, that there are people that understand, and those are those are the people that have this disease, and that's why that's that's why we're effective when with uh, helping others is that we we do understand, you know, if we're uh, um, uh, you know, the back and help and working with others, it'll say, you know, that, you know, the, uh, that if we're armed with the right uh, approach the right attitude that we can be effective in helping other people and you know i i I work with i'm working with some people now that uh that uh, are in the struggle in the in the i can't give it up you know and and they don't even they don't understand they don't understand themselves yet they don't understand that uh that they have a disease that um and that they are powerless that there's no sense in struggle that the solution is in surrender and you know sometimes we have to research this powerlessness um until we get to the place where we're able to just say man i've done everything i've tried everything i know i'm out of ideas i'm helpless I i don't know what to do and then then and only then was i when when i got to that point you know after years in program that that i got to that point where my my willpower my thought processes my my uh, in, uh intelligence or lack thereof were ineffective uh in this regard only then did i have a chance to say i can't you know i i don't i don't know what me. else to do i'm out of ideas And I think I'll let God help me. Thank God that I came to that on this side of the grave. And I appreciate everybody and I'll pass. Thanks.
1: Thank you so much, Craig. F. Bonnie P. You're up next, followed by Elizabeth P. Go ahead, Bonnie.
14: Hey, good morning, Rick. Thank you for your um, service. It's actually Bonnie B. And I am located in Minnesota right now. Oh, my word. How do you follow up on all of these shares? Um, recovered by the grace of God for today and so very grateful so so when I look at all these questions what I see is I see I I never had people asking me these questions I picked up the bat myself I was the one that beat myself bloody no one else really did it to me I beat myself bloody um, and I went back into isolation again over and over and over I asked these questions of myself because I wanted to understand, because I knew that I was gonna die if I stayed here. And it wasn't until I came into this program that I really truly um, came to a point where not only did I understand that the questions that were maybe internally being asked and maybe externally, but not out loud to me, um, were Mm -hmm. thoughts of care and concern. Um, People are desperate when they see us dying, people are desperate. And so what do they do? They throw those things at us that the world says work for other people. The only problem is they didn't work for me because I'm not like other people. But I wanted to be like other people, and that was the problem. I really, really, really wanted to be like everyone else. And I had to come to the place where I was um, not just okay, but I actually accepted, surrendered, and embraced the fact that I not only did not have to understand um, but that it didn't matter. It didn't matter if I didn't understand why it didn't work for me. Um, The only thing that really mattered to me in the end is that there was a solution. And how grateful am I that um, God presented me with the solution. And what was the solution? It wasn't um, the meetings or the people or the fantastic sponsors or the great um, nutritionist. It was someone taking my hand and lovingly, lovingly putting my hand into the hand of my Savior and letting God do for me what I could never do for myself. Um, that was the gift this program gave me. And I utilize all the tools. The tools are amazing, but the tools did not get me delivered. Um, connecting with my God in a way that I've never done before is what got me delivered in this program. and. You know, I, I was sidetracked for eight years working the tools, um, but I'll tell you um, the tools are necessary, but they're not they're not they're not the treasure. Um, this is the you know as I've heard before people say this is the treasure map that gets us to the treasure. The treasure is the relationship with a Creator who loves us and cares for us just the way that He created us, um, perfectly imperfect. And so, so grateful, so grateful this, for this program, so grateful for recovery today, and very grateful for each of you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you much. Blessings. Bye-bye.
1: Thank you so much, Bonnie B. All right, Elizabeth D., you're up next, followed by Joy B. Go ahead, Elizabeth.
15: Hi, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you, and thank you for your service this morning. My name is Elizabeth D. Work
4: around I'm going to go pick it up.
15: I'm Elizabeth D. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from the Boston area. I think someone is unmuted. Um, this uh, this par this paragraph, like someone said earlier, there's a lot of sadness baked into this paragraph for me because there's a lot of memories. I so many people in my life. Um, one in particular, a relative said to me, um, "You're so pretty when you're thin." Or um, the other thing um, that was said to me was, if you could just get down to the weight you were at when you were a sophomore in high school, which was after my first diet, my first diet uh, program. And um, I remember, you know, the, the things, that emotions that would come up for me now, I didn't know what they were at the time, but um, first of all, it was anger and resentment. You know, like, oh, please don't do that to me. And secondly was shame, I can't, I, just being, being absolutely unable to, to stop eating compulsively and yet having these things said to me just brought up the shame. A big part of this program for me, excuse me, a big part of the disease for me is shame-based. And um, say something to me like that and I just want to eat again. Um, the only solution for me I found over the 30 years that I've been in O.A., is twofold, and that is I've got to put the food down, I've got to put my alcoholic trigger, whatever you want to call them, the things that raise the phenomenon of craving me, I've got to put them down. And then the second thing is I have to keep them down and pick up the steps, the steps of OA, as written in this big book. That is the only thing that has released me from the shame, it's released me from. 120 pounds, and it's released me from a life uh, that was on and off miserable. And so I'm very, very grateful to have found this. I read this with sadness, but today I have so much joy in my life. I could not be more grateful
1: to OA and my higher power.
15: And with that, I'll pass.
1: Thank you so much, Elizabeth D. And if everybody could check, uh, make sure you're muted. Sounds like we might have somebody unmuted on the line there. All right, um we are running out of time. If uh Joy, um you and Toby could each take a couple of minutes, then I think we can get uh get you both in there. Go ahead, Joy.
0: Joy B on star one done mute.
1: I'm not hearing Joy. Circle back around to you. Toby W., you want to go ahead and go?
17: Good morning. Do you hear me now? Thank you. Thank you. Can you hear
0: me? Do you hear me now?
1: Yeah, I hear you, Joy. Go ahead.
0: I'm not hearing you now. Joy B., if you were getting ready to speak, uh, you're muted again. Okay, we're having... Am I unmuted now?
1: Yes, yes, you are.
0: The
17: arena in which you're most embarrassed is when you're an academic with two doctorates. I never went a day that somebody didn't say to me, you're embarrassing. You, you For the students that you're teaching at 300 pounds, you're embarrassing. And I called to my boss's office and told, are you kidding? The more they made fun of me, the more education I got. The more I went to OA meetings, the more I went to Weight Watchers, the more I went to to hypnotists. I mean, you can't even count. If I had the money back for every treatment program I went through, I'd be a multi-millionaire. And yet, even when I went to OA for some 30 years or 40 years, nobody said to me ever that the Vic book was as important in my life as it should have been. I'm so grateful for this program, a vision. I cannot tell you how grateful I am for all of you, everybody in every phone and everybody who, you know, takes over the administrative part of this. God bless. Thank you.
1: Thank you so much, Joy B. And what state are you calling from, Joy?
17: California.
1: Okay. Thank you so much. Toby W., go ahead. You got a couple minutes. Toby W.,
0: hit star one, done mute. Toby, if you're on the line, we're not hearing you. If you could go ahead and hit star one to unmute.
1: Okay, I'm not hearing Toby W. Does somebody want to take us out? You have a minute.
18: Can you hear me now?
1: I can hear you now. Go ahead. You got about a minute, Toby.
18: Okay. Um, I have one daughter. Well, I have two daughters and two sons, but I have my oldest daughter is a a social worker, a special kind of social worker, what she does. And she's always said to me, if you'd only do what I do, what I tell you to do, if you would only, I mean, I heard this time and time and time again. And like I heard before, I would then go to the refrigerator um, over and over and over again. And uh, I'm grateful today that I said to her, I don't want to hear it anymore. And she stopped because now I can work the OA program, the 12 steps, find God, and live my life in a healthier way. And with that, I pass.
1: Oh, perfect way to take us out, Toby. Thank you so much. And thank you to everyone who shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. The share ID for today, Monday, August 8, 2022, is 19,268. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. Will Renee A., please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
19: Good morning, Rick. This is, and everybody else, this is Renee A., recovered compulsive overeater from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Our book is meant to be suggestive only.